Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Hey gang, it's me, Janae here, uh, bringing you another playback episode of So-Called Oreos. Uh, I know it's mighty lonely without the, the whole gang here of Amari and Kia, but we're coming back soon. Uh, we've been doing these playback episodes as a way to just, you know, keep you guys in the loop so you guys can hear our voice and and listen to some of our content. But we are currently undergoing a rebrand. So we will be coming back at you guys with new content very, very, very soon. It's happening soon. I promise. Um, And until then, you guys can keep up with us on Instagram. You can keep up with us on YouTube. You can keep up with us on Twitter. Just just keep an eye on us. We're coming. We're coming in hot, too. Um, This episode today is Astrology with Mecca Woods. And this episode was so absolutely fun to record. I mean, I'm one of those people who I like astrology. I think astrology is so fun, but I don't necessarily like live by it. Right. And doing this episode by Mecca was so amazing because she's so knowledgeable and she literally at one point in the episode read my ass just based off of me telling her a few things on my chart. So it was a really eye-opening and and really made me feel that there might be something to this whole astrology thing and paying attention to the stars. Um, Kia, actually, I know she has been to Mecca personally, uh, and she said that Mecca's readings were pretty damn accurate. So maybe there is something there, you know? Uh, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode just as much as we did while making it. And, you know, let's, let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the so-called Oreos podcast, the podcast where we discuss all the awkwardness, hardship and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. I am one of your co-hosts, Kia Swin, and I'm here with Amari Pollard, Janae Price. Yo, it's Monday. (laughs) You know, it's Monday. It's a Monday ass type of day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but for any of you guys watching this on YouTube, I put a little face on today. She looks good. I haven't been anywhere like all weekend. And I really tend to get this way when like I haven't gone anywhere in a few days. I just feel the wow. need to really like the put on some clothes, like, pull it out. If that's gonna I will literally wear this probably the same outfit for like three months. <laughs> <laughs> like straight <laughs> i'm not gonna lie in the beginning i was like getting dressed like i was going somewhere to go and now i think i've worn every week i wear the same sweaters 
yeah i wear the sweatshirt all the time but i will try when we record to look decent and have a nice background but i couldn't because i was moving my stuff <laughs> but i think you look like you you look like you could work at facebook right now oh like, I feel my like God, you're... thank you so much <laughs> you're definitely in the hoodie uniform i see a pop of blue like you're you're set oh my god that makes me so happy yesterday someone from twitter followed me on instagram and i was like i feel like it's my calling i'm getting to the tech side i just feel it like what are the odds a software engineer from twitter like i didn't know this guy and i was maybe he listens to the podcast and he's heard you talking Mm -hmm. about it that's what i was thinking i didn't see any like mutual follows or ever but you could be right he might just be like i'm trying to help her out which i'll take anything at this point so Yes. You know what's weird? This is super random. Super random. But this shirt right here is that I'm wearing right now. Um, it's my mom's old shirt and it smells like my mom still. I've had Uh-oh. it for a while and it's just so nice. This is yeah. this, more comforting. It's comforting. You know your mom's smell. Like you know your mom's smell and you smell and you're like, mom. That's you interesting. Know? Maybe I never paid attention or maybe I just don't. I wear a lot of clothes she gives me, but not that she has. But that always happens with guys. Like, you know, you you smell them on your clothes sometimes. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I have no clue what <laughs> Bruh, I used to steal shirts just for the smell. I used to st- I used to take shirts. Well, never I, taken I can, anyone's shirt. I could never be I was like too nice. I was like, oh, can I can I just like borrow this for a second? And they they're not dumb and they're like, no. But someone did leave a sweatshirt at my apartment. And so I was like, ooh, moin. Um, but it's actually kind of tiny. I was like, frig. I don't so like small? big clothes. Like I don't like bolt like I don't know, baggy clothes. Oh, like, I love baggy clothes. I love baggy clothes. Oh, see, that's why I'm never ever ever taking a guy's stuff, nor do I want it like leave and I I don't like extra things so I'm like get it out of my face yeah you are an anomaly in the lady world because <laughs> my ex he had this Pulp Fiction t-shirt and it was like this actual vintage Pulp Fiction t-shirt not like the new shit that they sell at PacSun or whatever and I had my eye on it for like two years to be completely honest I saw my opportunity and I snatched it up and then he asked me he was like have you because <laughs> he knew he knew he knew I wanted it and he was like, have you seen my Pulp Fiction shirt? And I was like, um, what are you talking about? I, I haven't seen it at all. He was pissed when he found out that I actually stole it. I have. Did you get it tendencies. back? Did you give it back? Yeah, I gave it back. He actually like stole it back. Um, mm. It was a war for a while. Wow. Yeah, um, no. Wait, I want to go back to the part where Janae said I have klepto tendencies. Everyone in my family. My friend also has that. <laughs> I tend to steal people's stuff in my family or when I'm just very, very, very close to you. Like... Wondering if today has stolen any of my stuff. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I swear to God. I don't for like close friends. But if you're my man or we share blood, I'm going to steal shit from you. That's it. Now that you say that, I'm I'm that person in my family. I'd be stealing my sister's shit. She'd be like throwing me up against walls because she's angry at me for doing it. Um, I that eat my parents' so food. <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't, don't, feel I don't bad want about any it. of your stuff. Wow, Kia, this who is so are interesting you? to me. Who are you? I just you? don't like, I'm really like to myself when it comes to my things, and I don't like extra things. I don't like other people's things. I just like my things. I don't like anyone touching Oh, me. so Kia's that person, Kia was that toddler that was like, 
No, mine. <laughs> I don't. My I toy. don't know. I had to ask my parents about. I don't think so because me and my sister shared everything. I think I was like forced to share. You were. I was gonna say you were a twin. You were forced to partake in that. Yeah, so you were forced like, to I share. I can't imagine. Yeah, like everything. So I that can't what, imagine. Like, you want your own things now because mm-hmm. you were forced to share. Yep. I feel like I, I don't know if I've always been like that, but I definitely picked up on it in the last like, especially a couple of months. I don't know with moving and stuff, because even now I'm just like telling my mom to like get her stuff out of everywhere in her house yes but i'm just like i don't want to hear it's too much there's too many things it's overwhelming i don't like it see that's me and your mom we're very similar because i have a lot capricorns capricorns Capricorns. i have two closets and they are full of things you see this behind me door full of things i in this empty white space (laughs) i see that empty white space (laughs) this is what i like and that's why okay so guys we've been talking about how we want to make things more aesthetically pleasing just when we record for like the youtube channel and just in general and i'm like but where because i don't like i don't i don't have no (laughs) no space to do that because my room's junky i'm stressed about it low-key but i'm gonna try guys i I do want i would try to i would love to get a um desk but i realize my room is just not there's no way a desk is fitting here so i gotta figure out something too to like make it look like i have some space but like i don't really i'm fine my space is cute You live alone. That's why. <laughs> I know. I know. In like a big ass apartment. Amari, I hate you. I know. Me too sometimes. I was looking at apartments <laughs> just for shits and giggles in um in the city in Brooklyn. And I was like, what am I gonna do with all my shit if I move back? <laughs> like there, are you I will could not it? afford this apartment in New York. And I just want to pick it up and bring it with me wherever. They I might go. be giving like some good deal still by the time you go to new york because my friends said they were giving like one bedrooms for like 1500 in jersey like luxury apartments i did see some good deals but you know i'm always so skeptic i'm like i don't just because i've dealt with new york city landlords i'm like i don't know that i trust this good deal right here so we'll see i just saw my friends like it's really nice and like it's in like an up-and-coming area but like who cares i would just she just stays there and i'm like i would lock myself in here too like listen it's nice planning on moving to jersey.com do i want to live in jersey no i really don't i love brooklyn i would love to stay here but rent is crazy in new york y'all don't move to new york it's bullshit after bullshit. Well, after you bullshit. Don't you do find it. your apartment building and then save the, the, the apartment next door for me. <laughs> you really want to move there? Amari's <laughs> <laughs> been plotting. To, I really to have space. But honestly, the one thing that the only the thing the one thing that does give me hesitation about moving back to Brooklyn is I always think about this was something I thought about before the pandemic. I was like, if ever the apocalypse happened, happened or whatever, we're fucked. I'm fucked. Like I can't, I can't get a private jet or helicopter to wheel me out of Brooklyn. I'm fucked. And at least in Jersey, I could get in my car and drive back home to my parents, and then I could go. True. Would you not have your car in Brooklyn? Nah, because I. After watching Janae with her car in New York, I was like, I'm never gonna try to do that shit. Oh, I've wow. gotten told so many times all the parking tickets that I didn't pay messed up my credit for a second. Um. <laughs> it was that bad. I didn't know it was that bad. She was like, "Sorry, I gotta go to the, gotta go to the the lot at the edge of Brooklyn listen, to get my car." Listen, 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 listen. 
When Janae had a car, she was also less financially responsible than she is now. So a lot of times I would growth, growth, growth. I could, I growth. If I had a car now and Amari, I know you, Amari, you're low key cheap as hell and very financially responsible. So you would be fine. No tea, no shade, no tea, no shade. She's so right. I don't mean anything, but you would be fine with a car, Amari. You're so cautious. You would be completely fine. Now, on the other hand, it was my first time living in a city. First time having my own car. I was out here. I would get taken to say, well, I'll pay later. And then it would disappear in a stack of mail and I'd completely forget about it. Next thing you know, collections is calling my mama saying, your daughter got a ticket. And I'm like, damn. Wow. Today. That's <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it would disappear. I thought I'm it would disappear. I'm surprised you didn't have like anxiety about it. Cause I remember mm-hmm. when I was moving from Brooklyn to North Carolina, I had my car in here for two weeks and I would wake up in the middle of the night with terrors about my car not being there when I woke up. Girl, like after, so I would kept on waking up and checking. After you get towed, it gets old. I remember the the second time I got towed, I was like, whatever, let me just call 311, see, take out some money from my savings. <laughs> the first time I got towed, that was scary because I had no idea I got towed and I just saw someone stole my car. And then I was like, my car is a 2001 broken Mercedes. Like, like the, you can't even see it's a Mercedes because the thing broke off and it barely works. And I was like, no one stole this car and then I, I put it together and then I asked the guy and he was like yeah they towed that car out there and I was like damn <laughs> y'all did me dirty it was bad like and they charged me like two days because it was like they did it Friday night but then it was two days because I got it Saturday morning like it was less than like 12 hours but they're like nope charge you $300 and then my tires were slashed when I got it back so how are you supposed to it leave was a, a lot what no it was i just i rode like two more. i didn't realize it until someone like was like <laughs> rolled down the window was like you're you're tired and i was like oh god it was a bad day it was a terrible day i'll never forget basically moral of the story don't get a car in new york that's what i'm getting from this um or you can okay just guys be sorry or you can just be responsible no, yeah. unlike me just don't be don't be janae that's <laughs> Yeah, no, after I got towed, I like it definitely wasn't my fault. But after I got towed, I was very, 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 very cautious. And luckily, it has never happened again. But it was a lot of money. And that was when I was like 21 and had less money, a lot less expensive. Yeah, plus the tire. I think it cost me like $400 altogether just to get my car out. Mm hmm. It was, they did me dirty and the guy was like well we tow cars all the time and like maybe you should just look into a parking spot and i was like three hundred dollars a month where are you gonna pay for that like <laughs> like no so keep it pushing um anyway <laughs> we have a very special episode for you guys i'm super excited about it we have mecca woods with us after applying the principles of astrology to improve her own life mecca opened her astro coaching practice fueled by a five-year background in social services her experiences as a mom and a partner and a passion to create positive change she is a professionally trained astrologer and works to help others to claim and create a life they truly want by teaching them how to better tap into their own natural born gifts She's been featured in Bustle, Essence, Girlboss, Tarot.com, Pop Sugar, BuzzFeed's Cocoa Butter, and Refinery29, and has been the host of TLC's Stargazing and currently co-hosts the astrology podcast Stars on Fire. 
Her books, Astrology for Happiness and Success, and the Cosmic Coloring Book series are available now. Mecca, welcome to the show. I'm super happy to be here. So for, for folks that aren't familiar with me and my work, so um, I'm Mecca Woods and my astrology coaching practice is My Life Created. Um, I'm an author, uh, I'm a writer, and a lot of what I do is showing people how they can use their astrology, their birth chart to basically create the kind of life that they want. So a lot of uh, the things that I talk about beyond just my you know horoscopes, um, that you've, you know, probably seen in Bustle or uh, Refinery 29. That's just like a few of the places uh, that my horoscopes have shown up. But uh, outside of that, a lot of what I talk about has a lot to do with like self-worth and self-care, um, particularly for, for Black women, women of color, uh, queer, disabled folks, um, those of us who are considered to be on the margins of society, uh, a lot of, uh, makes up a lot of my clientele. And a lot of the conversations that I have with people are around like how they can use astrology to, as a tool to empower themselves. Yeah, that's great. We love that. I feel like yeah. that fits very close with the so-called Oreos brand. Um, and so what exactly made you become an astrologer? And what would you say or suggest to someone who hears your story and was like, I want to do astrology full time? Yeah, so I kind of found astrology a little bit by accident. Um, it was a hobby at first for me. Um, and I also, too, was someone who I only just knew my sun sign. I didn't know anything about moon signs or rising signs or, you know, all of the other stuff that has become more popular, you know, with the um, invention of like the different astrology apps and things like that and, you know, horoscopes and stuff. So in the memes, you know, we can't forget the memes. Um and it was, it just so happened that about 10 years ago, uh, I was having myself a little quarter life crisis and kind of figuring out like, what do I want to do next? You know, I was stuck in a job that I hated. Uh, my love life wasn't doing so great. I'm also a single mom. Um, and at the time I wanted to make sure that the decisions that I was making for my, my, my myself and my daughter were going to be the right ones. And it just so happened that, um, I ended up picking up an astrology book that was geared about towards relationship stuff. And I had liked so much what the author had to say, say that I went and got a couple of readings with her. And what's interesting about it is that I did go into the readings a bit skeptical, you know, like I don't mind when people are a bit skeptical when it comes to like astrology or like, you know, new age mediums and things of that nature, because I think it's important to kind of figure out like, you know, is this going to be something that will actually work for you? And so it did work for me. You know, I became like, obsessed basically with like learning as much as I could about astrology after having those readings, because she was able to tell me things about myself that she wouldn't have known otherwise that were all, you know, based like in my chart. And once I saw that astrology was like a tool that you could use for self-development, for self-empowerment to, you know, help you to make decisions, even down to like knowing like when, a certain time period might like be rough on you, like, you know, mentally and like what you can do to like, you know, um, uh, protect your mental health or, or improve like your, your physical well-being. Like it was just a whole big world that really fascinated me and it became a hobby. And then from there, I started to see that I had a gift for it. And folks were like, you should do this for real. Um, people used to call me Miss Cleo, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it was, it, and you know, I take that as a compliment now because I now know like she, you know, she was really, um, she was really one of the first people to kind of do it and to make like things like this mainstream, you know? And so 
um, yeah, that's kind of like how I got started. It, it was something that came to me, became a hobby, became a passion. And then eventually I saw that I had a gift for it because I always wanted to help people. And then eventually I took on a mentor. I quit the job that I was in, um, which was really scary and, and difficult and hard. I took some side jobs, had to move back home with my mom. Um, and then eventually it became a full-time thing. And now here I am. So you you mentioned Miss Cleo, and I grew up knowing the name Miss Cleo, and also I remember specifically of uh, a That's a Raven episode where they kind of referenced a Miss Cleo sort of like character. Right. Um, so I've always kind of like associated this um, with black people, with brown people, but I don't know that everyone necessarily associates astrology with black and brown people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering, do you think like uh, being a black astrologer could like like people could perceive you as an Oreo? Um, to some degree. I think when I first started about 10 years ago, um, astrology was starting to become popular again because it, you know, it kind of goes in waves. Like it, it falls in and out of, uh, you know, trend. And around that time, people definitely, I mean, I always identified as being weird, you know, and different. You know, I used to get made fun of, uh, a lot as a kid, teased, bullied. Uh, people used to talk about, you know, oh, you speak so proper. Oh, you ask too many questions, you know. Oh, you know, you think you're so smart. You know, I used to get really, really like ragged on, you know, during like elementary and junior high um, to the point where I actually quit high school because I just couldn't, not only just around like the teasing, but I just was disinterested. You know, I got really bored um, around it because uh, growing up in the South Bronx, there wasn't really much enrichment, you know, that was being offered education wise. So when we talk about that in context of like my career, starting out, um, I expected that I was going to be considered to be a bit of an oddball, you know, um, an or, or an Oreo. Uh, but that didn't stop me from being interested in it. And I will say that um, what's funny is that like talking to some of my friends like back then, some of them did were like, are you crazy? Like, this is what you, you know, this is what you want to do. But then when they say that I stuck with it and I made it into something that was lucrative, now they're like, oh, that's my friend. I know her, (laughs) get her book, you know? So it's really funny to see like how like things have kind of turned, you know, in this sort of like, uh, I guess like a, a 360 in some ways. Um, and yeah, and so like as an astrologer working with a bunch of clients, have you noticed a uh, general interest in astrology from black and brown people? Yeah, I think it's growing now. I think one of the reasons why um, uh, a lot of black folks were a bit averse to it was because, you know, um, I think spiritually speaking, black people can be quite conservative, you know, uh, whether it is growing up in the Christian church, whether it is growing up in Islam, um, or, you know, other different faith Catholicism, you know, um, which is more like, a you know, the Afro Latino, um, side of the, of the diaspora. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think that kind of played a role in terms of like Black folks kind of being a little bit hesitant to, you know, astrology and not being like very open to it. Um, just kind of being like, you know, I don't want to deal with anything that might be considered like the devil, you know, or things of that nature. So I realized that in terms of doing my work, I had to do a lot of educating people um, and kind of talking to people as to like why astrology works and that it's not a 
it, astrology is not a religion. You know, it's not something that you necessarily have to believe in in order for it to work. Um, and actually, one of my favorite quotes around astrology and like beliefs is really around like, um, you don't need to believe in a hammer in order to use it, right? It's a tool. And, and astrology in, in some regard is kind of very, very similar to that. It's like, you can use the tool or you're not used to the tool, but there's no like doctrine, you know, associated with it. You know, we're not worshiping planets or anything of that nature. We're just using astrology as an, a language to inform what's going on here and now and what's gone in the past, what may be coming up in the future, um, and using that as a tool to like plan or prepare or to even know like, okay, if I'm going through this difficult time and all this stuff is out of my out of my control, what are the things that I should be focusing on that are that is within my control that I can actually uh, you know help me with navigating this tough or difficult period? Right. Um, and do you think it's important for more people to become involved in astrology? Um, I think so. But, you know, like, I, I, I don't want to pressure people to use astrology. Like, I don't, you know, like, that. that's one thing, too, like, when it comes to, like, educating folks, like, if people are skeptical, if astrology is not your jam, like, that's totally fine. You know, my only thing is when I get a little annoyed is when people dis are dismissive of it without having actually studied it or, you know, taking the time to actually learn, like, what it actually can do. Um, that's when I get a little, like, Ugh. but um, But outside of that, I think astrology can help just about everyone. Um, but there have been, you know, situations where, uh, you know, I might have had to tell folks where, like, I can't help you, <laughs> you know, maybe you might need a little something more than than what astrology can provide. Because I do think it's important for people not to use astrology as a crutch, like you use it as a tool, but not to like, be like, you know, constantly looking at your horoscope or constantly looking at the planets or blaming stuff on planets or, you know, blaming bad behavior, you know, I'm a Scorpio, so this is why I do this, or I'm a Leo. So that, you know, like some of that gets a little bit too much at times, um, or, or being fearful of making decisions or doing certain things because, you know, you read somewhere that this could be like a bad time for, I don't know, Virgos right now, you know what I mean? So I think it's important to have some balance, you know, and to also use some common sense. And that's why I also support like critical thinking when it comes to things like this, because um, not all information out there is uh, good information. It's really interesting that you say that because I think my personal questioning when it comes to astrology is knowing a lot of the people that are just kind of like, well, you know, I'm a Gemini, so I'm going to be two-faced sometimes. You know, it's it's kind of like, what? Right, right. Um, and, and you've kind of hit on my next question when you talked about astrology being a tool to kind of help us understand a lot of things and going on in the world. Um, but to that point, how accurate would you say astrology is? I mean, should I be reading um, the posts that are at the end of, of, you know, magazines that are just saying like, hey, this little blurb about you as a sign or should I be um, looking into apps and stuff like that? Like what's more accurate and how accurate is astrology just in general? Um, I think astrology can be quite accurate. Uh, there, there are definitely times when um, there may be like some hits and misses. I know, like for example, the early on in the, year, <laughs> in the year, I'm just laughing because I'm just thinking about some of the things that were said. But 
you know, people were upset because they were like, oh, you know, all this astrology, you didn't tell us about the coronavirus, right? But had people been paying attention, people would have known that uh, just about every astrologer out there was saying that 2020 was going to be a doozy of a year. And even though, um, for example, for me personally, I didn't foresee the coronavirus happening, but I noticed that there was a common thread that was going on pre-pandemic uh, where a lot of the people who was who were coming to me for readings, there's something was always coming up around health. I was like, protect your health, look out for your health, 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 health. And I kept saying to myself, I'm like, you know, what, what is this health thing? And around that time, um, the news started to increasingly uh, show you know, that the, that the virus was spreading. It was like contained in like uh, China at first and then it started to spread to Europe. So there was like this thing that was growing. So by the time it was a full blown pandemic, um, it started to dawn on me like hindsight, like, okay, this is why I was having these conversations with people because there was something coming. And then also too, because astrology is also history and like looking back at things and then kind of looking at the planetary alignment because the cycles repeat themselves. So one of, one of the things that I noticed that like the last time we had a very similar planetary alignment that we had now, 30 years ago, HIV AIDS was a big epidemic. And so now that we have this big pandemic, another virus that's very deadly, you know, all this misinformation, like very, like how it was very early on in the AIDS epidemic, like, you know, there's correlations, you know, so we're not just pulling stuff out of the thin air and saying, oh, this is going to happen. You know, we're going back in time, even down to like where we are in terms of like the United States and the election, like they're like the fat, like the planetary alignment that's in place now um, also coincided when Hitler rose to power. So that's why a lot of us was also like, watch out for the fascism, you know, fascism is on the rise and, you know, authoritarianism is on the rise. Um, I have a good friend actually wrote an article back in 2019 about that, um, who's also an astrologer, a black uh, woman astrologer, uh, Janelle Belgrave, who wrote about that. So all that to say is astrology can be quite accurate. Um, sometimes, like I said, it's not always, um, you know, sometimes it can be a little hit and miss, but for the most part, you know, it, it can really point out things that we should be mindful of where we are right now and where we've been. And when it comes to figuring out what's most accurate, you know, versus what's not, I definitely encourage people to get readings from, from a, from a reputable astrologer, um, because the horoscopes can only tell you so much. We're talking to a very broad audience and the inside joke, you know, amongst astrologers, when we talk about the horoscopes is that, you know, true, it's true. It can actually apply to anything or anybody, you know, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like tailoring when it comes to, you know, the general horoscopes, you know, there's not a lot of personalization. Um, even when we're talking about the apps, you know, cause like there have been times when I've seen apps that are like, will give inaccurate calculations, you know, um, I spoke a little bit about CoStar, which I'm very like iffy when it comes to that particular app because it's given people wrong uh, uh, birth chart information. Like they had people thinking they were one moon sign when they were were a different one, or changing their sun sign, especially if they were like born at the very tail, tail end of a sign. Um, so there's there's you know with apps, you know you're you're relying on AI you know, basically, and artificial intelligence isn't always as accurate, you know, as sitting in front of a human being. And that's not to say that you can't have like the margin for like human error too. Um, but I, I really think that it's helpful when you can sit with a person and ask questions 
and have that person go over your chart with you. And then you can see like, you know, okay, does this make sense for me? Does this not make sense? Does this resonate? Does this not resonate? Um, And that's where the accuracy, you know, comes from. So when you um, do a reading, like what goes into the reading? Are you mostly just looking at someone's chart or um, what else goes into the reading? And then you also mentioned how some people you're just like, oh, I just can't help you. Like what what comes up where you're just like, oh, no, do they need like a therapist or like what? Right. Yeah. So when I'm going over uh, a person's chart with them, you know, I'm looking at like them in terms of who they are, like how the world has shaped them, um, the kind of uh, tools that or the innate gifts that they that they have uh, disposable to them. And then I'm also looking like where there's a need for the balance, you know, because um, when we talk about astrology, or when we talk about the chart, everything's always a balancing act. You know, when you lean too far on, on either side of the coin, that's when, um, you know, you get yourself like out of alignment with things or or things just feel off or just wonky or you know like especially when we talk about like um the shadow behavior you know or negative behavior versus like you know the balance or the positive behavior of a sign um you know everything is about trying to strike that that middle ground or find that middle ground and so that's what i'm doing when i'm looking at a chart so whether it be talking about love career health uh family stuff um Per, you know, personal stuff, like whatever it is that's coming up for that person, my goal as an astrologer is to show them how they can use what they have to get to wherever it is that they're trying to go and to also validate them too, you know, because a lot of times the astrology, like you'll have hunches, like we're all in some way intuitive beings, you know, kind of connected to to each other um, energetically, you know, physically. And, you know, we, we have that ability to all individually kind of tap into that source. You know, some people call it God, some people call it divine, you know, whatever it is that you have for that name that kind of like connects us to, to, to each other, um, and connects us to, you know, something bigger than ourselves. Um, you know, we all have those moments when we feel like we're in tune, you know, with the universe and we, we, you know, or we, we're kind of at the precipice and trying to figure out like, okay, is this the next step? I feel like this hunch, I feel like something is calling me in this direction, but I'm not really quite sure if this is the right direction that should go in. So if someone's coming to me and they're in that space, my goal is to validate that and say, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is why you've been feeling this way, or this is what you should be doing. Like, this is your calling, or this is, you know, the the purpose, you know, or, or what, what your, you know, soul is, is trying to, to, to convey. Um, so that, that's a lot that goes into the reading, but yes, like I said, there are times when And um, I could come across someone and they may have um, a little bit more deep rooted trauma, you know, or uh, deep seated um, things going on where I might have to say, like, you know, you definitely should, you know, be going to therapy, you know, or you definitely should uh, be looking into this with, you know, a professional. Um, The other thing that sometimes comes up to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have people who are, who are, who are seeing therapists and also will see astrologers. Um, you have astrologers who also are therapists. Um, that's, that's, you know, not unheard of. Um, so, you know, astrology as itself, like I said, it, it can be used as a tool, but like I said, there's also things that sometimes astrology can't do. And when I say can't do, it can't make the decisions for you. It can't do the work for you. At the end of the day, you have to be the one that's willing to do the work and put the put the tool, you know, to use. Um, 
It's not a magic wand. I put that on my website, actually. Like, you know, it's not going to like magically wave all your problems and solve all your problems. Like at the end of the day, you have to take onus and responsibility in like fixing your own life. You know, the astrology is just a map or a guideline or how you can do that. But, you know, if you're trying to like be passive and just like letting things happen and, you know, not willing to take the responsibility, then that's where we kind of get into trouble. Yeah, that's definitely a good point because, um, I do feel like people think it's like magic or like whatever, but obviously with everything, like even going to therapy, like you need to do the work and the steps as well, instead of just someone just telling you, um, you need to do the work, but we'll get into a more fun side of the conversation. So I'm not going to ask obviously through the 12 signs, but there are elements, um, of the signs. And I think for our listeners, um, so we can kind of like tap into like their elements. Can you just give us like the the qualities of the four elements and what um, elements make a good pairing and, and which ones don't? So if you want to just, I guess fire is the first one. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, fire, the element of fire, um, which is Aries, Leo and Sagittarius. Fire is the more rowdy bunch of the of the zodiac. You know, fire is very dynamic, very assertive, aggressive, um, creative, and also cares a great deal about uh, self expression. So, whenever you talk about fire, um, fire is very much about like being able to authentically and freely like express you know oneself. Um, when we talk about water, which is um, Cancer. Scorpio and Pisces, water is more intuitive, um, emotional, sensitive, empathic. Um, water is most concerned with uh, forming uh, emotional bonds with others and um, also holding memory, you know, um, nostalgia, you know, uh, thinking lots, lots, lots of times about the past or retaining the past is something that water signs um, can do. And also, you know, being quite energetically open to other people, you know, um, picking up on, you know, psychic things or clairvoyant, you know, um, can show up a lot with water signs. Uh, earth is most concerned with the physical world. So, you know, money is one of the, one of the expressions of the physical world, uh, the physical body, you know, and, and, and feeling good in our bodies and being able to maintain our bodies is, is something that earth is concerned with. Um, earth is also concerned with, um, you know, stability, you know, and being able to build something that's going to last for a very long time, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a business, um, whether it's a, a family, you know, earth is very concerned with having uh, tangible representations of like wealth and security. And earth is um, Capricorn, Taurus. Yes, right. Capricorn, Taurus and Virgo. And then last but not least is air and air uh, covers the intellectual um, and, and, and interpersonal realm. So air is very curious, uh, very experimental, loves to talk, loves to uh, converse, loves to learn new things and share information, um, loves to socialize, you know, and, and talk to people and connect with all kinds of people um, over the internet, in person. And air sign is Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. So wherever you have air, there's a thirst for, for knowledge and information and being able to share that um, or apply that information um, in a logical sort of way. Awesome. And then I, I could be wrong, but is air like the best pairing for air and fire? And then earth is like earth and, and water? Yeah. Generally? 
Yeah, so te- so so technically, um, air and fi- air and fire gets gets along very well. Um, there's a lot of similarities between the two because both are quite independent and you know love you know exploring and learning new things and connecting with people. Um, and then when you talk about earth and water. Earth and water, you know, earth and water signs are very security driven. So with with water, it's emotional security. With earth, like I said, it's uh, like financial security, you know, or or um, you know, physical security. So they tend to go well, really tend to go well together because they share very similar qualities or similar needs. I would say, um, but when it comes to like relationship and compatibility, you know, I'm always telling people like, don't worry about the signs, you know, don't worry about it because ultimately who we draw to us or who we find ourselves attracted to, um, whether it's friends, lovers, you know, even with families, you know, uh, there's a, there's a certain branch of astrology, uh, called evolutionary astrology that kind of delves into like past life stuff. Um, whether you, whether you're into past life stuff or not, um, it's really an interesting kind of concept to kind of consider because it kind of, talks about a little bit like how we kind of choose like our soul families you know and kind of like because if you notice like if you look do the charts of your yourself and like your family you'll start to see like there's so many overlaps um like i'm a sagittarius my dad's a sagittarius my brother's a sag rising i'm an aquarius moon my mom's an aquarius so you know like um my daughter is um she's an aries and but she has a Virgo moon and a Virgo rising, and my mom is a Virgo moon as well. So like, it's you know it's a lot of like overlap there. So I always tell people not to worry too much about the signs because we have something to learn from everyone, and we also contain all of those twelve signs in us somewhere as well. Now, Mecca, <laughs> be completely honest with us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is there a best sign and a worst sign or a sign that maybe personally to you, you just don't mm. vibe with and one right. that you're like, yes, yes. Be honest. <laughs> Tell us, give us a tea. Okay. Well, I'll give you, I'll yo, No, I, that, I love this question. So here's the funny thing. Way back when I first started astrology, um, I used to attract Scorpios and droves, like the men, women, like, you know, family members. And I used to, and, and when it came to the men, especially the ones that I was dating, I would, always, you know, it'll always like burn out really quickly or end the catastrophe to the point where I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is this thing with me and Scorpios? Um, and it wasn't just Scorpios either. It was all water signs, uh, Pisces, Cancers. Like I, I would just get like a, a deluge of, of people who had water in their charts. And and it made me like it made me to the point where I was just like, you know, I can't stand water signs. Like they always, you know, they're so needy and they want this and they're so emotional. And it turns out, uh, you know, after doing my chart, uh, the reason why I kept drawing in this word, and I still do to the, to this day, like I have people who have water, you know, I gravitate to them, they gravitate to me. And the reason for that is because I have no water in my chart. Like I have water houses. So like the houses in your chart represent different parts of your life, you know, that, you know, um, you know, from like career, school, money, et cetera. But as, as an element, you know, I'm very much lacking in water. So I attract people who have that element high in their chart because there's something about them that I need to learn about myself, you know, through them. Um, Libras also, uh, running into Libras also kind of, even though my brother's a Libra, which is funny because Libras tend to press my buttons too, because I always, 
Like, I don't like being, I don't like being nice. Even though people will say like, oh my gosh, you're so nice and you're so warm and stuff like that. There's this big part of me. I think it comes from both the fire and also the fact that I'm an Aquarius moon where I'm always like rebelling against everything. And, and like, in my mind, I'm taking on this thing of like, you know, I'll be the outsider. I don't care. You know, like that kind of thing <laughs> where Libras are so gracious and graceful and charming and sweet. And I realized that the reason why, you know, they press my buttons is because I need to learn how to like see those qualities more in myself, you know? Um, so, so yeah, so those are, those are the signs that have tended to like drive me nuts or make me crazy. Um, and it's usually, and I tell people like, if you have signs like that in your life, it's because they're trying to teach you something about you. That's like a really good lesson that I never thought of. Um, I won't tell you my sign yet, but I have (laughs) a lot, a lot of earth in my chart. Mm. And although I have a lot of people in my life that are of different, you know, that all over the spectrum, I don't have just, we, we were all talking before this and everyone was saying, oh, I have a lot of this in my life. I have a lot of that in my life. My life's kind of like a rainbow correlation, Mm. but maybe because I like fire signs. Maybe I need more fire in my life. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before you you hit on this and you said that not to necessarily look at compatibility, I, I feel like compatibility is something that attracts so many, so many of us to like astrology because you're like, Ooh, who am I? Who could I end up with? But right, are there right. any matches that you see are just made in heaven nine times out of 10? It's magic. Right. Um, it really, let's see. So it's really nice when you meet your opposite sign. Um, so like, for example, uh, for Sagittarius, my opposite sign is Gemini for Taurus. The opposite is Scorpio for Capricorn. The opposite is Cancer, uh, for Gemini. Um, I'm sorry for Aquarius, the opposite is Leo, you know, so like, when you look at your opposite sign, I, I really like that because your opposite sign, like you guys tend to bring, like balance each other out, you know, and opposition just basically means that you want the same things, but you just have very different methods in, in doing it or, or, or getting that need or getting that um, need fulfilled. So what you end up doing is like, you kind of come to, when you do come together, it's like, you know, two, two halves of a, of a whole, so to speak. And the only thing, the only downside with opposition is that sometimes because that person is opposite you, it can be very love or hate kind of thing. Like when it's on, it's on and it's good. And it's like, wow, you know, like it's almost like dealing with like your twin. Um, but when it's off, it's also really off because that person kind of shows you everything about yourself that you, you need to like work on, or you need to like, uh, you know, step it up. So I, but I I do like oppositions because like I said, when they work, they work really well. Uh, I love how you said that because my opposite is Gemini and like right before we came on I just wondered about how much I hate Geminis and to this everyone knows I have a personal vendetta against all Geminis (laughs) but it's because one of them like just really like it was a guy I was talking like dating for a couple months and he I I even told him like on the first date I asked him a sign I was like he said Gemini and I was like oh you know we're opposite signs like 
I'm kind of like your perfect match, like joking or whatever. But then like I showed him all these things about like himself. And I, I think he showed a lot of things about myself too. But um, now just the way it ended, I'm just like, never, never a Gemini ever again. But <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there for the record. I think all of us know one crazy Gemini, at least one Gemini that just fits the Gemini stereotype. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> That's I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad you fascinated me. Um, but oh. you talked a lot about um, the placements and people's charts. Um, how important are like all the placements, and like why do we only really focus on sun signs? And then I feel like the the next signs we focus on like moon or our rising sign. Mm-hmm. Is there like a reason why those three are the ones we focus on? Yeah, because those um, are basically like the driving force in your chart. So like your sun is your uh, creativity, it's your confidence, it's your vitality, it's your ability to authentically express yourself and be unfiltered and and uncom- like un- unfiltered and as comfortable in your skin as possible. Like that, that's your sun, right? Um, and the sun has a lot to do with like your purpose too. When we talk about the moon in your chart, the moon represents your, your feelings and how you process them, uh, what you need to feel emotionally safe and comfortable, um, what you need to feel nurtured and supported and fulfilled and also how you nurture, you know, other people as well. Um, because one of the things that the moon is associated with, um, is like, uh, the archetype of mothering or nurturing, you know, so it's kind of like how we mother ourselves, how we mother other people, how we want to be mothered, um, is very moon sign signish. And then when we talk about our rising, our rising has to do with like, um, how we interact with the world around us, you know, and, and it also is about like the way that we ideally, you know, sort of imagine ourselves or see ourselves, you know, um, the rising or our ascendant is also connected to like our physical appearance, you know, like the, the, uh, first impressions that people get when they meet us. Um, so those, those three pieces are very key. Um, and then, you know, when you go down the line, you know, your Mercury sign is important because it's how you communicate and how you learn. Your Venus sign is important because it has to do with what you value and like your relationship style. Your Mars sign is important because Mars shows you how you get angry and stand up for yourself and how you take action um, towards things. And then um, Jupiter is where you derive meaning from things in your life. And then Saturn is like your boundaries and where you need to work the hardest um, in your life. Uh, So those, those planets that I mentioned, they are what we call your personal planets because they tend to be more, um, tailored to who you are on the day that you like on the day and the time that you were born. But when we talk about planets beyond that, like, you know, Neptune, Uranus, Pluto, um, those planets are generational. So you are going to share those planets with like, uh, and that's not to say like, you know, you share your birthday with a lot of people, but um, because those planets move so slowly, they don't really have the same impact or hit the way the personal planets do, um, unless, unless, unless those planets in your chart are connected to like your sun, your moon, your rising, your Venus, you know, so that that's kind of like how we sort of like weight the planets. Okay. Interesting. Um, learning so much. I was rushing to like take notes and I was like, Oh, we have this recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) 
I saw you. I was like, is this bitch taking notes on her laptop? Like, where do I write this I was down? giggling at Amari's face. She was like, <laughs> I was like, doing the same though, honestly. I was doing the same. I feel like this has just saved me all the reading that I never felt like doing whenever I would research this stuff. So thank oh, no. you. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure for. a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people. Um, so we wanted you to do something fun with the charts. Um, if there was like some quick facts or like our listeners, I feel like they really invest in our like dating lives. So if there's like uh, a, a sign or a placement that we should look forward. Um, if I did download Time Pastors. I could just tell you a couple of the, the placements. Does that help or do you need to see it? Um, should we just tell you like our sun, our rising and our moon? Our um, Venus. So if you want to talk about love, let's let's talk about Let's talk about your Venus signs. Okay, um, okay so I'll, 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 yeah, I'll give you like the the um the ones you mentioned. So my son is in Sagittarius. My uh, rising is Virgo. My moon is in Cancer. Um, my Venus is in Scorpio. And I know you mentioned um. Mars is communication or is it Mercury? Mercury is communication. Mars is how you like, is your passion and your anger. Okay. So Mars is in Virgo and Mercury is in Capricorn. And my Jupiter is also in Sagittarius. Okay. Sun, Jupiter. I like that. Um, Larger than life. I like it big, everything big. Um, When we talk about that Venus and Scorpio, um, that turns that Sagittarius energy way on its ear because Sag typically is known as being like the bachelor and I need my independence and don't hold me down. But that Venus and Scorpio is like, you know, I want you and only you and I want you to want me too. And no one else ever, ever again in life or I'll kill you. i know because everyone's like "Ooh, that venus and scorpio that's possessive and i'm like um but no but you know i mean she you know venus and scorpio can she can be a possessive kind of gal but i I would say at the end of the day when you have venus and scorpio you value intimacy you value uh trust in relationships you value the ability to have like no holes barred no secrets you know um and the only reason why Venus and Scorpio, you know, or Scorpio planets in, ge- in general can get possessive is when uh, there's a threat, you know, of, uh, you know, or this insecurity of feeling like uh, someone's going to abandon me or someone's going to betray me or someone is going to, um, you know, reject me. You know what I mean? Like that's when Scorpio gets like, you know, I need to have this and, and make you, you know, do this this way. But, you know. So with you having that Venus in Scorpio, it just really means that at the end of the day, intimacy, connection, uh, you know, trust, you know, all of those things are really, really pivotal to your relationships. And what would be a good match to the Venus in Scorpio? Um, So if you're a Sag with a Venus in Scorpio blend, you should date a Pisces, like you could date an Aries Pisces blend, you know, like that would work. Kia, that's me. Well, the last guy slash current guy, it's an Aries. I don't know if he has a, a Pisces placement, but mm-hmm. he's an Aries. But um, okay, I never talked to a Pisces. 
Um, so yeah, that's pretty interesting. Everyone I act is fire. So my ex is a Leo, and the last guy's Aries, and then all my friends are like fire and air. And I and like you said on the um the chart, I lack. I don't have any air in the chart, and then mm-hmm. I only have Sag in um the Sun and Jupiter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So wherever, whatever we tend to lack in our charts, uh, people will show up to bring that to us. Interesting. Okay. Let's go next. I want to go. I want to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm an Aries um, with a, I guess, Scorpio rising and a Aries moon, but uh, my Venus is a Pisces. Okay. Where's your Mars? Great question. Oh, it's a Leo. Leo. Okay. All right. So all that Scorpio and Aries is answering to that Mars and Leo, um, which means that when it comes to love, okay, so Venus and Pisces needs romance, right? Um, She needs romance. She needs to be swept off her feet. That's also indicated by that Mars and Leo, because when it comes to Mars and Leo, um, you need someone, whoever's pursuing you, you need them to go big, like catch my attention, like bang me over the head and let me know, like, <laughs> like, like, let me know what's real. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that's, that's, don't bore me. <laughs> right. Don't bore me. I need, I need fashion. I need action. I need, I need steam. I need passion. Like, you know, like Leo is very like, do it big. And Pisces is very like um, romantic and very like fantasy driven. So like if you get someone who wants to share the fantasy with you, um, but also still wants to stay there, stick around, you know, because sometimes Venus and Pisces, you have a you have some challenging in in sort of like, you know, trying to turn frogs into like princes or princesses you know what I mean like you can see the beauty in a person and the potential but unless that person is willing to you know live up to that potential it can be quite a waste of of time and 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 your love energy you know so um when you have Venus and Pisces it's really important to uh be very honest with yourself about what it is that you want and making sure that you hold to that so that when you know you're attracting someone to you, you can make sure that that person also wants those things too. Um, and that they're willing to to share those things or give those things to you. I felt that because I'd be kissing the same frog for years hoping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why I was like, does Mecca know <laughs> when you said it for me too, I was like, ooh, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> okay, so I'll go next. Um, my sun is in Capricorn. Uh, my moon is Aries. Uh, my rising is Leo. My Venus is Capricorn. And then Mars, mm-hmm. uh, that's Capricorn as well. Cap- a lot of my chart is in Capricorn. Cap. Okay. Um, I, I love me a, a cap Aries blend because you are going to be the um, very self motivated, very self driven. You know, I'll handle it. I'll take care of it. You know, I'll I'll make it happen. Um, though, here's the thing: with you having that Leo rising um, and that Venus in Capricorn, it's really really important that you don't settle for. You, you utilitarian relationships, you know, like, 
oh, I'll just take this much. I don't really need the mushy stuff. I don't need the extra. Like I'll, I'll just, you know, we could keep it cute and casual because that Leo rising wants the attention. You know, she wants to be romance. She wants the spotlight on her. She wants to be made, made to feel like she's the only one in the room. And it's really important that you acknowledge that need for like that, that devotion and that attention because as a Venus in Cap, you know, and as a cap, you know, Mars and sun, like you're going to give that devotion. You're going to give that commitment because the big thing with Capricorn is commitment. You know, I want something, you know, that's going to last. I'm going to, you know, put this time and this energy into it. That's going to build something. We're going to grow this. And if you are with someone who, um, you know, they look good on paper, but they're not really invested, you know, in, in you, the way that they should be, then it could, it could feel like you're kind of like casting your pearls to swine, so to speak. You know what I mean? Um, so for you, it's really about one, one thing is it's about like recognizing your need for the extra or the more, you know, and not trying to like, just kind of get by on like the little basics, you know, or like the, the scraps. And then the other part of it is making sure that you value yourself enough to ask for the more. Because one thing about that uh, Venus and Cap is that sometimes because you're very goal oriented and very outcome, you know, uh, oriented, you can sometimes be a little too self-critical, you know, or a little too hard on yourself and be looking for the other person to show you how special you are. And you need to be able to show you that to yourself, which will bring that person who will be able to to match that energy. Oh, I feel it's my God, This is crazy. favorite episode. I feel. <laughs> I feel. Wow. Wow. I you saw me. Feel like, wow. We all know like kind of each other's like relationship background or like yeah. history. And then I just feel like you added to a team. Like I'm just like, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That that was really spot on to get personal. I was in a very, very long situationship, um, which it, it was a relationship, but basically he didn't like to do the frills. He didn't like to do any of that. And I just constantly found myself settling and really just taking whatever. And I think oftentimes with relationships, I kind of get into this like, oh, it's okay. You know, and I'm trying right, to break yeah. out of that now, but Thank you. You were very spot on. Very spot on. Thanks. Wow. So we did ask our listeners um, if they had any questions for this upcoming episode, and they were they were funny. Um, so <laughs> the first question someone had, we kind of touched on this earlier, is why it was a joke. It was from my sister. She said, why are Scorpio so much better than everyone else? Um, <laughs> but, but another Scorpio was like... Um, why does everyone hate on Scorpio so much? Ooh, why Scorpio do get, season. It's why do they get season. a bad rep? Why did the what? Where is this coming from? Well, um, here's the thing with Scorps. So Scorpios, um, they they are always going to suss you out. You know what I mean? Like they always like you can't like with Scorpios. It's like you can't bullshit a bullshitter. You know, with them. And because of their ability to be able to see through people um, and kind of catch on to things really, really quickly, it makes people project their stuff onto Scorpios, you know? So like whatever 
you know, you feel bad about yourself or what you don't want people to see about you or like those insecurities, Scorpio zero, they, they zero in on them <laughs> like a laser beam. And it's not always on purpose. Like sometimes you do have like the vindictive, vengeful, you know, like the, the Scorpios that you see um, who are like, you know, mean and stuff like that. But at their core, Scorpios are just trying to get to the truth, you know, because the thing is, is that when they do love you, they love you hard. They give you everything. And they are also terrified of that because they know that once they latch on to someone, like it's a wrap, you know, for, we're in it through thick or through thin, you know, ride or die. Like that, that's kind of how it goes. And so when it comes to interacting with folks, you know, they really don't have a high tolerance level for bullshit. And so the people that tend to do best with Scorpios are people who are self-aware, who own their bullshit, who uh, don't project their stuff onto others or blame people for other things and are just very like, this is me, you know, like I'm, I'm very like, you know, here cause they, cause, cause Scorpios will find out, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and so, and then also too, because they don't trust people easily, you know, they can be secretive. They can be hard to read. They can be, you know, mysterious. Um, you know, sometimes they can be manipulative too. Uh, but at their best, you know, they can be some of the most fiercest, loyal ride or die people that you can have in your life. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Scorpios who asked that question to to hear this response. That totally (laughs) makes sense with like my Venus and Scorpio because I'm like, I feel like that's how I approach romantic relationships. Like it's always quality over quantity, but like when I'm there, it's like I'm there. But I also am like, I'm real quick to cut it off too, though. So I don't know. (laughs) That's the sad in you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We have a few more from Twitter. Someone said, can an Aries ever be freed of our intense and reactive behavior? Keeping calm is damn near impossible because I have no poker face. Oh my God, this is making me laugh because my daughter's an Aries and then I just had an argument with the Aries like last week who because he because he jumped the gun and I was like, you're stupid. Anyway, um, <laughs> like, shut up. Um, well, you know, I think it comes with, uh, with, with age and wisdom, honestly, because Aries uh, are the firstborn of the Zodiac and therefore they're kind of like the babies, you know, and, you know, sometimes like that immaturity um, can sometimes get the best of or, or that need to like rush through something or, or, or have it right now, you know, like sometimes I can get the best or be- better of them. The way around that um, definitely is, um, you know, wisdom, you know, uh, they, sometimes they have to take a few knocks, you know, or lumps on the head. You know, um, I think it also helps them to have people in their lives that can kind of tell them like, hey, whoa, like slow down, like, you know, like chill out. Like that's why, you know, for for Aries, the opposite sign is Libra, um, because Libras are good at like making space or making room for the other side, you know, or the other point of view, you know, or the other person in the room. Um, Libras also are represented by the scale. So there's a lot of like deliberating and, and, and weighing things out and trying to figure out like, is, you know, is this the best thing or, you know, so Aries, I think would, would learn best from their opposite, you know, in terms of like, you know, being, a little bit more intentional with decision-making, you know, a little bit more um, open to other 
interpretations or other sides, you know, of things or other, you know, other points of view. Um, but honestly, <laughs> you know, again, with Aries, you know, because they're so self-contained and so like, um, you know, self starting, self-motivated. Like I said, you know, a lot of the wisdom that comes with our Aries comes with age. The older they get, they tend to slow down a little bit more and become a little bit more cognizant of their behaviors and their actions. Okay. I'm taking notes. Um, and you mentioned Libras. We have a question from a Libra. She wants to know, are Libras getting any? This, re- this, li- this listener is ready for some romance. She's also, oh. she's also a Virgo moon and a Sag rising. She said in case that helps. Um, it does help because right now um, in your love zone, Mars, planet Mars right now is retrograde. So Mars right now is retrograde in Aries. The retrograde, uh, Mars retrograde ends on November 13th. And it, it never is good, you know, like Mar- and Mars is sex. One of the sex planets. Venus is, the, is one sex planet. Mars is the other. When Mars is retrograde, you know, or even when Venus is retrograde, because we started out the year with the Venus retrograde. Venus was retrograde from like April to like June. And then Mars went into Aries, uh, but then went retrograde in September, on September 9th. So, you know, when you have stuff like that, it's never really a, a, a ideal time for dating because either A, you know, you might, something might get started but it might not get all the way off the ground. Um, another thing could happen is that like, um, maybe you thought you wanted something or somebody and then you're like, Oh, I don't really want, you know, like a lot of like back and forth. Um, or it's just like, it just kind of really just makes the whole situation. Like it just sucks the, the, the passion and like the sexiness, you know, out of things. So the good news is that, like I said, Mars is going to be leaving retrograde uh or ending retrograde on november 13th so i think that that will (laughs) you know bring in some action the other thing too is that um tomorrow so october 27th um i don't know when this will be recorded but as on october 27th venus will move home to air um move home to libra and so whenever venus is transiting through your sign that's usually a time when you have uh extra you know charm and seduction and so i would say like this is a good time to do things that make you feel sexy because that's going to help to attract that energy to you it's looking up for you libra <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then another, I, I, I think a lot of signs are just hurt by the bad rep they've gotten. And mm. so we have another Gemini asking why they have a bad rep as well. Right. Well, you know, it, it's kind of similar to what I was saying about like Scorpio's getting a bad rep, except the difference when it comes to Gemini is that Gemini is the sign of duality, right? So people will say a lot of times that, oh, Gen- uh, Geminis are like very two-faced and, you know, they can't be trusted and they're fickle and da 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 Now, that's not to say that you don't have like your low vibrating Geminis who aren't that way, you know, very like come and go whichever the way the wind blows. However, at their best, Geminis recognize that it doesn't necessarily have to be either or. It can be both and. And that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with because we're so pushed into, especially in our society, where like, you know, monogamy is a thing and where, uh, you know, you have to pick a career and you have, you know, like there, there's always this uh, emphasis on just one option, just one direction, just one path. Like you can only be this and you can't do this, you know? Um, and so because of that, 
you know, people hate Gemini's because Gemini's see that we can be everything. We can be all things and still be, you know, a, a part of a whole or, or, you know, um, just one. So I think for people to understand Gemini's is really about understanding that, um, Gemini's represent duality. It's about making space for the light and the dark, you know, the good and the bad, you know, um, both sides of ourselves and not trying to split ourselves into two or acknowledging just the good stuff or like the light stuff and not acknowledging the shadow, you know? So um, that's, again, that's just more projection mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you know, when we say that we don't like the Gemini, it's really like we're saying that we don't know how to um, make peace with with all of those different pieces of ourselves, you know? But I will say Donald Trump is a Gemini, therefore it is the worst sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I gotta say, Geminis aren't looking too hot right now. I mean, we've had Ice Cube. Kanye. Connie's a Gemini, isn't he? Yeah, Kanye, uh, Ice Cube, Naomi Campbell with that dress, you know, um, that she posted the other day as the response to the NSARS uh, protest. Oh, I didn't see this. I need to look that up. Yeah, that, that was really like awful, awful um, and just very tone deaf. Um, who else? Uh, Rudy Giuliani, you know, who's the former mayor of New York, who's also on the Trump wagon is a is a Gemini. So, yeah, you know, we, we have some Geminis in the news that's making headlines right now that aren't uh, spectacular. But Again, you know, we have a lot of Sages too that are like. Yeah, I was about to say I can't even talk because I know Sag is like pretty bad right now as well. Yeah, <laughs> like Jay's, yeah. like I know it's um my friend always tells me because she knows I get so mad when she tells me this, but I know it's like Taylor Swift, Jay Z, um, Cardi B's ex husband slash not husband. Well, like, Offset yeah. isn't he a Sag? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, um, Herman Cain, who just died uh, not too long ago, was a Sag. Uh, who else is a Sag that I can't stand? <laughs> I know for me it was like Taylor Swift. I know that one. Um, you know, sometimes I struggle a bit with Nicki Minaj. Yeah, she's a Sag. She always says that. Um, Y'all don't know any bad caps, though. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> there's a I lot. <laughs> Should have kept your mouth shut. Uh, Trump is surrounded by a lot of Capricorns. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you know, so, so, but here's the thing that just goes to show you that there's bad apples in all the bunches. <laughs> yeah. Is there a difference between um, women and men? Because I know like a lot of people are like, never date a Sag man because they'll never commit. Or like, for me, it's like Gemini's. I'm like, oh, the men, but like a lot of my friends are actually female Gemini. So, like, is there like a difference with the gender? Um, well, here's the thing, you know, people that we fuck tend to tend to get under our skin a lot more than people that we're not fucking. Right. Right. Because once you introduce sex into the equation, that's when all the feelings and this and, ah, and I thought we were doing this and, you know, all of that starts to uh, become extra intense. The other thing, too, is that um, I find that people who are born under signs that are um, opposite their gender tend to struggle. So for example, the masculine signs, which are the air signs and the fire signs. So like women or people who identify as feminine born under those signs um, often struggle with like the conventional expression of femininity. 
Whereas uh, men or people who are masculine, who are born under the feminine signs, which are uh, water and earth, tend to struggle with the conventional expression of what masculinity is supposed to be. So for example, um, water sign men, for example, Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio, when they when they are tapped into their feminine sides, they can be some of the most nurturing, sweetest, devoted, caring, compassionate, uh, you know, men folk around. When they are rejecting that side of them, they are some of the most misogynistic, uh, uh, toxic, masculine. You know, like they they are, um, and then they also are people who tend to like want the women in their lives to like do the emotional labor for them instead of them owning their feelings, their, their very deep feelings. So it, where I see that there's a difference often has to do with like the gen, like the expression um, within the genders and like, you know, falling under like the traditional gender roles, um, which is why sometimes I will, if I'm speaking about like Mars, for example, because Mars is associated with the masculine Sometimes I'll call Mars a she, you know, um, it, I kind of go back and forth a little bit with it, but yeah, I, that's where I tend to see like where there's, um, some, some, some interesting, interesting things that happen. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Cause I'm like, I feel like I've, I feel like there has to be some type of difference with like the signs that are like the female and male, like opposite, but okay. Interesting. Um, Amari and Janae, do you have any other questions for Mecca? No, thank you so much for this. This was like so insightful and, and fun. Yeah, I agree. I'm just like soaking it in now. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. A deep I need to try to like remember because I knew some stuff and I'm like, wait, these signs are masculine. I need to check that in <laughs> when I go. <laughs> I'm like, noted. Got it. <laughs> um, but is there um, do you want to plug anything and where can our audience find you? Sure. So you can find me on my website at mylifecreated.com. Um, on there, you'll find, you know, um, my social media, horoscopes, uh, upcoming events, all that kind of stuff like that. Um, and also, you know, people can grab my book, Astrology for Happiness and Success, which is out now wherever books are sold. And I also have a line of coloring books that are geared towards each of the 12 signs. So if you're, if, you know, if, if art is your thing or you're looking for something to like decompress and de- de-stress, um, grab yourself one of those coloring books. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yes. You do it all. Oh my God, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> you know, sad. You know, I was gonna say that's such a sad trait. Keep multiple things going. <laughs> when you said that on Girls Got Eat, I was like, "Ooh, it makes sense now." <laughs> I can already like tell that everyone's gonna love this episode. So thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so yes. much. I had a great time. Yeah, thank you, thank you Mecca. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Follow us on all social media at So Called Oreos, and you can email us at So Called Oreos at gmail you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And please remember to like, rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Until next time, bye. 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 Welcome to Audio Sessions, a personal development podcast focusing on improving every aspect of our lives through healthy and sustainable living. From finances to wellness and beyond, in each episode, you'll learn to take immediate steps towards self-improvement. Consider this the school of life and class is in session.